Good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to this reading of God's Word. Uh, if you would uh, like to take a Bible from the wells in the seats around you and turn to page 1081, 1081, uh, we'll be continuing our look at the 13th chapter of St. John's Gospel. Carrying on, you will remember that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. So now we are starting from verse 18, where Jesus is talking to his disciples. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill this passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who has sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know what he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something for, to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. Thanks, Mike. Uh, let's pray together. First, rather dark passage. And we pray you'd help us to uh, understand it rightly and uh, work out how this applies to our lives, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I've got uh, yesterday's copy of yesterday's Times, there's a news bit of it. And um, uh, when you read through, it is just uh, uh, full of stuff about bad news, wrongdoing, stuff influenced by the world that's been rebelling against God and so on. Um, in fact, if you took out all that stuff, there wouldn't be much left. So here we are on the front page, migration snub will cost lives, French told. So 
get rid of that one. Um, oh, we got a Louis Vuitton advert, so we don't need that across that. But on the back of it, British visa scheme. So that's not very nice. Uh, why they're wanting to get out of Hong Kong. So we'll get rid of that. And we got uh, Candy's not bitter over Chelsea Flats. I'm sure she is. And, um, and then we got, oh, and then we got the, uh, forced him to cram the flimsy boat, didn't stand a chance, channel crossings, and uh, we've got to get rid of that page as well. Um, and we carry on all the way through. And actually, what you can do, you can pick up any newspaper you like and rip out everything that's got anything to do with human wrongdoing and rebellion against God, and you end up with nothing. Because our entire world has been influenced and, if you like, infected with human rebellion against God. And we see that in this passage that we're looking at this morning. Um, we can see this very clearly. You've got Judas, one of Jesus' 12 chosen disciples, apostles. And he's agreed to betray Jesus. And he's going to betray Jesus that night. And at the end of the passage, he goes out to do it. It is a very dark moment. We see the work of the devil in Judas's life. Uh, you don't believe there's a personal devil? Well, Jesus did. I do. And actually, so did the man who wrote and produced The Exorcist, a guy called uh, the film, a guy called Peter Blathy, and he wrote this once. As far as God goes, I'm a non-believer. But when it comes to the devil, well, that's something else. The devil keeps advertising. The devil does lots of commercials. And John chapter 13 is a pretty dark moment in a pretty dark world. But uh, John, who wrote this part of the Bible, wants us still to believe in Jesus. That is to put our trust in him, not just to believe he existed, but for it to make a difference to our lives. And so uh, we're thinking this morning just simply about believe in Jesus in a dark world. That's what he wants, believe in Jesus in a dark world. And the first uh, the main point is this. The fact to believe that he was God in a dark world. So we're going to find out more about Jesus in this dark world. Um, you look at in verse 30, that very last bit that Mike read so well at the end there, and it was night. Yeah, it was dark outside at that point. I'm sure the sun had gone down. We know it was a, a full moon, so there may have been some moonlight, but it was dark but it was also physically dark, but it was also spiritually dark. It was psychologically dark. It was a dark moment in a dark world. And yet Jesus is there somehow shining in this dark world. Um, they've just auctioned, haven't they, some of um, Einstein's uh, kind of lab notes, some of his scientific notes, incomprehensible to most of us, um, but apparently very valuable. And uh, Einstein wrote this once. As a child, I received instruction both in the Bible and in the Jewish Talmud. I'm a Jew, but I'm enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. No one can read the Gospels without feeling the central presence of Jesus. His personality pulsates in every word. No myth is filled with such life. And why was Jesus different? Why does he stand out? Why is he a light in a dark world? Well, look at verse 19. 
I'm telling you now before it happens, that is the betrayal, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. So Judas is going to bring a detachment of Roman soldiers to where Jesus is going to be sleeping later on that evening. And he's going to hand Jesus over to them. He's going to betray Jesus. And Jesus knows it's going to happen. And he's telling the disciples ahead of time that they will know who he is and put their trust in him. But believe what? Well, it's slightly coded, but he's basically saying that you may believe that I am God. Because when he says here that you may believe that I am who I am, any Jew hearing that would immediately think, hang on, I've heard that before. In fact, that was in Exodus, wasn't it? When Moses was at the burning bush. When God announced himself to Moses as I am. When Moses said, well, who do I say something? And when I go, and, and, uh, and God replies, well, tell them that I am sent you. So when, when Jesus says here um, in, in verse 19, uh, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. You will believe that I am God. I'm telling you this beforehand. So when I am betrayed by one of you, one of the 12, you will know, you will believe that I am God here on this, in this dark world with you. He wants them to believe. He wants them to be committed to him as the God who became a man in this dark world. As Byron, the, uh, the poet, said, if God is not like Jesus Christ, he ought to be. And a commentator, C.K. Barrett, wrote this, the deeds and words of Jesus are the deeds and words of God. And that is the foundation of this passage. That he who made man was made man. That God was walking this earth 2,000 years ago. That Jesus was God in the flesh, living with us in this dark world. And he wanted the 12 to know. And he wants us to believe that today he was God in a dark world. Do you believe he was God in a dark world? Do you believe he was, Jesus was actually God walking this planet, being here with us in the mess? That's what the Bible tells us very, very clearly. That's the first point, God in a dark world. The second point is this. He was betrayed by a dark world. Now, to betray anyone is to, um, to degrade them. It's to break their trust in you, isn't it, if you betray them? Uh, it's uh, to betray someone is possibly to uh, humiliate them. It's probably an act of pride and arrogance on their part. And to betray God, become a man, must be amongst the most despicable of all crimes. It was foretold in Scripture just at the beginning of our passage, verse 18. He's quoting there from Psalm 41 and verse 9. This is what it says in Psalm 41, 9. Even my close friend, someone I trusted, Judas, one who shared my bread, as he's just about to do, has turned against me. And that word there, turned against me, is, uh, uh, you know, when we watched the Olympics, there were some of these, uh, some of these things where people would kind of turn and then kick backwards. Well, that's the idea here. It's like a horse turning its back on you and kicking you. That's, that's the force of that. 
uh, he, uh, well, I mean, it could be translated, lifted up his heel against me, but he's turned against me and kicked me. And this gets to Jesus. See, look in verse 21. Jesus was troubled in spirit. That's, uh, we would say, oh, he got a bit emotional, I suppose. A man of sorrows. This evening foreseen and yet so hard for God's become flesh. And then Jesus, it says in verse 21, testifies. Look at the end of that verse. It says he testified. Well, that word testify it comes 33 times in John's gospel. 33 times. It only comes three times in the other three Gospels put together. It's one of John's things. And the word testified comes from a law court. This is saying this is uh, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And, and so he, he says here, he testifies, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. And, of course, uh, the 12 have no idea who it is. That's in verse 22. Simon Peter asks John, who's very likely to be one who Jesus loved and was next door to Jesus. And Simon Peter says, ask me who it is. And Jesus replies, he says, well, I'm going to dip a piece of bread uh, in the meal and I'm going to pass it to someone. And the one I pass it to is going to be the one who betrays me. And it says here... uh, um, Verse 26, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I've dipped it in the dish. And then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. At that point, at that point, Judas still had a choice. Do it now, or do I renounce the evil and beg for forgiveness? And he took the bread. And Satan possessed him. And his fate was sealed. First the devil tempts. Suggests. Then he knocks. Then he shouts. And eventually if you don't resist him, he'll take control. And this is a warning for all of us. To resist him early. To cut off Satan early. So when temptation is just a thought or an idea, it's easier to say no than when you're right in the, uh, in the middle of it all. Allow that to grow, and then you end up with all sorts of problems coming your way. The devil is real. He wishes you harm. He is powerful. He is malignant. And he is no joke at all. No joke at all. So we need to stand firm against him with the help of God by his spirit who lives in all Christian believers. We will resist him. And then in verse 27, Jesus uh, tells Judas, now the die is cast. Get on with it. Do what you've got to do. Uh, John Calvin writing about this said, uh, uh, what he means is go to destruction since you have resolved to go to destruction. It's a bad day. It's a very bad day. And it was night. Now, it's unwise to point the the finger at Judas. You know, whenever you point the finger at anyone, there are always three pointing back at you. Because we all have the potential to do the same thing ourselves. Every single one of us. Unless we guard our hearts and our minds and our spirits with God's help. So let's pray that he would help us to stand firm today 
and not betray our Lord by our behavior. So believe in Jesus in a bad world. Uh, believe that he was God in a dark world. Believe that he was um, betrayed by a dark world. And the third thing is to believe that he was in control of a dark world. Yeah, even in control of his own betrayal. It's what we're seeing here. If you look at verse 18 and 19 and 21 and 26 and 27, who's controlling events? Well, it's not Judas and it's not the devil. It's actually Jesus deliberately letting this happen. God is working here in his sovereignty, bringing good in a bad world. Jesus is in charge here. Jesus lets Judas betray him. So it will be arrested, so it will be tried, so he will be tortured to death on a Roman cross. And as he died as an innocent man, he took the punishment for the wrongdoing that you and I deserve. Now, um, Gandhi wasn't known as a, uh, a Christian at all, but he wrote this. A man who was completely innocent offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, including his enemies, and became the ransom of the world. It was a perfect act. Well, that was tomorrow. That was what this betrayal led to and enabled to happen. The big picture here is that Jesus was orchestrating his own death so that you and I might be forgiven for our sins. Now today might be a day when maybe you see that clearly for the first time. Today might be a day when uh, you're understanding Jesus' self-sacrifice and, and the mists are beginning to clear a little bit to understand why he died. Today might be a day when you want to pause and thank him and praise him for his glorious death. And as we receive communion, we're remembering that, so you might want to do it as you receive communion this morning, if you'd like to. If you're a Christian, you might want to take some time to reread this passage carefully and slowly and to let it sink in. Or if you're not yet uh, 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 a believer, you might want to find out more. Perhaps keep coming. Perhaps come back to Christmas services. Perhaps do one of our courses after Christmas. But he was God in a dark world. He was betrayed by a dark world. He was in control of a dark world. And then the final thing, just very briefly, it's in verse 20. Uh, so keep going in the dark world. Now, verse 20 doesn't make an awful lot of sense when you first read it. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. Now, what's Jesus saying there? Well, first of all, you need to, we need to see that, uh, uh, that the that the 11 who are left after Judas leaves are the sent ones. Uh, we need to know that in the next chapter of John's gospel, he commissions them to write, for instance, the New Testament. So when he says very truly, whoever accepts anyone I send, so he's saying, if anyone accepts you, if anyone accepts what you've written, if anyone accepts this gospel that you will be formulating and making clear, then they accept me. And when they accept me, they will accept the one who sent me. 
So that means to them, guys, you've got a really important thing to do that's coming up. Don't be put off by, by Judas's betrayal. Don't be put off by the fact that other people are falling by the wayside. He's saying, look, keep on going. Keep on going with me. And he's saying to us, keep on going with me. And actually what he's saying to us here is, you need to go to the stuff that these guys have written. You need to go to the, to the Bible. You need to go to the words that these guys have written, commissioned by me, so that you will know the gospel, so that you will be able to share the gospel with other people. Because when you share the gospel and they accept that, they're accepting me. And when they accept me, they're accepting our Heavenly Father. That is starting a new life for all time and for all eternity. That's the encouragement to keep going. So it's saying it's a dark world. At times it's a rubbish world. It's a really difficult world. Yeah, we know with this new variant and so on, we know it's a, it, potentially a really difficult time, isn't it? Who isn't concerned about this new variant? But Jesus is saying, I'm still in control of all this. And actually we have uh, a great and wonderful message that relates directly and clearly and encouragingly to a dark world, even uh, in COVID-19s and uh, 19 times and with this uh, new Omicron variant. So we thank God for it. We thank God he came to a dark world, that he came here, he lived amongst us, and we want to believe in Jesus in a dark world. He was God in a dark world. He was betrayed by a dark world. He was in control of a dark world. So let's keep going in this dark world that we live in at the moment. Looking to Jesus, believing in Jesus, and living for Jesus. Let's pray together now. Lord Jesus, thank you that in a little passage like this, and we see the darkness of men's hearts and what we're all uh, uh, what we're, the, the potential that we all have to live in, in, a sim- in a similar kind of way and do similar kind of things. But thank you that you were there. Thank you that you were in control. And thank you for this encouragement to keep going. And we pray, Lord, you might help us to be people who live that way too. For Jesus' sake.